listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. On that day, as evening drew on, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us cross to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took Jesus with them in the boat just as he was, and the other boats were with him. A violent squall came up, and waves were breaking over the boat, so that it was already filling up. Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. They awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Quiet, be still. The wind ceased, and there was great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you terrified? Do you not yet have faith? They were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this whom even wind and sea obey? The Gospel of the Lord. My brothers and sisters, may the Lord give you his peace. Amen. We are in the final moments of spring. So tomorrow is the first day of summer. Also, tomorrow is um, Father's Day. So I'd like to ask if there are any fathers here, if you would please stand, we would like to recognize you. So God bless you. (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful. You noticed I was standing? (laughs) So spiritual father. Okay, and some of you said happy Father's Day to me. Thank you. so, uh, okay. So, brothers and sisters, we have this story of uh, Jesus asleep in the boat. And, um, oh, there's so many, so many things here. What do I want to say? Um, in the winter of 1986, there was a drought in the Holy Land, and the, the water level in the Sea of Galilee was low, and they found a boat from the time of Jesus in the mud. And they were able to get it out of the mud and preserve it and study it. And it's in a museum there now. But if you uh, Google it, it's all over the Internet. You can see what the boat kind of looked like. And uh, anyways, just to say that so many of the details of what we read about in the Gospels have been confirmed by things such as this. There are these fishing boats. And um, I have a story, a couple of stories for you, okay? Um, Have any of you ever been to the Holy Land? Anybody ever made a pilgrimage? So a couple of us, right? It's just, it's so beautiful and so amazing to go and see these places that you hear about in the Bible. And um, this, uh, you know, I had some really wonderful experiences there on the Sea of Galilee. It's just so beautiful. And um, I even tried to walk on it when nobody was looking. <laughs> you know, I said a little prayer, nobody was looking and I, and it, it did not work. I guess I need more faith and that is true. More about that in a minute, okay. Um, so one of the priests in my community, a guy, okay, I'm not going to say his name, but I went to college with him. We graduated together, joined the friars together, went to the seminary together, got ordained to the priesthood together. He's a really wonderful priest, wonderful friar. And he's just one of these people that has a really unique take on everything. So he was on pilgrimage in the Holy Land. And he was on, when you go, you go on a boat and you go out onto the water and then they turn the engine off and then you get out your Bible and you read some of these stories and it's really very something beautiful. Well, he was sharing with me when he was there 
um, a disco dance boat went by. <laughs> so, you know, because Israelis go on vacation there, it's a lake. And so it kind of ruined the mojo. Do you know what I mean by that? Okay, so let's imagine this disco boat, disco music, okay. And so, uh, anyways, those, that, that moved on and they got out their Bible and they read this story. And it's, it's really, it's called the Sea of Galilee or sometimes the Sea of uh, Generet, which is, uh, anyways, it's a lake. It's basically a lake. And Father jo- uh, this father had this thought, you know, reading this story is like, boy, the apostles must have been really wimpy. Because you're on a lake and you just can't imagine some kind of a storm that you would be, you know. And so he kind of just says, and he's kind of a burly kind of guy. I could hear him saying that, like, okay. And about five minutes after saying that, an unbelievably horrible storm came out of nowhere. So this description of this squall, this storm, these still happen on the Sea of Galilee. There's a strange valley, they call the Valley of Doves in the north west corner of the Sea of Galilee and it's still there and there's a wind tunnel that comes and a certain time of year these freaky out of the blue storms come and he told me it was absolutely terrifying he thought the boat was going to you know flip over or whatever I mean it was really and as soon as it it left as soon as it came and and he made a sincere apology to the apostles (laughs) you know I'm so sorry for saying that you were wimpy. Obviously, some of these guys were fishermen and they were burly guys. So um, I always think of that story every time um, we have this reading. Now, how many of you have heard sermons or homilies on this reading, which are a little bit cheesy, like Jesus is in our boat, we don't have to be afraid of the storm. And you know, the, the reading kind of lends itself to that. And um, I wanna focus on a couple of things, and then I have a really, really wild story I want to share with you at the end. Um, so it's very clear as the liturgy gives us this reading today in the church that Jesus's divine identity is being highlighted. In the first reading from the book of Job and in the psalm, we have these passages from the Old Testament that says God silenced the storm. God silenced the storm. And so in this reading, when Jesus silences the storm, the apostles say, who is this that even silences the storm, his identity? And it's very clear there's something of Jesus's divinity here. He's doing things that the Old Testament said, this is what God does. So there's something of his divinity there. And then the other big theme is their faith, right? Jesus says, don't you have any faith? Do you have little faith and such little trust? And um, I know from, from many people who find themselves going through a difficult time in life, a uh, proverbial storm, be really fruitful and helpful to pray with this passage and to invite Jesus into that storm and let him speak that word of peace. Right? Elsewhere when Jesus arrives, what is his greeting? Peace be with you. Right? That word from God, that word of peace, that quiets the waves and there's a great stillness, a great quiet, and that can be very beautiful. And um, so um, I would propose there's also a couple of other interesting things happening here. This is probably a prefigurement of when Jesus will be asleep in the tomb. He's getting his disciples ready for his three days in the tomb when he will be asleep. Um, 
And it's a moment of testing. They're being tested. And uh, so uh, let me draw a conclusion from all of that, okay? Um, One of the most important messages from our faith is the message that God is good and that God is trustworthy. And in other passages, Jesus, I think it was just this morning, Jesus said, do not worry. Do not worry. Trust in God. He cares for you. God is our Father, right? We have Father's Day coming. God is a good Father who gives good gifts to His children. Trust in God. Trust in me. Have faith. Have faith in God. Have faith in me, Jesus would tell us. Um, and we can have faith. We can trust in the midst of difficulties even because of who God is. Who God is. He is trustworthy. He is all good and all loving, and he is all powerful. He is all knowing. He is the creator of everything. And we can trust him because he is good, but also because he loves us. He loves us. He wants to have that that relationship with us of a, a child and a parent. God our Father, God our Father. That's very special, very beautiful. And if you're anything like me, this is a lifelong journey, right? To to grow in faith, to grow in trust of God, to not just know about God, but to know the Lord personally, to know the Lord personally. So here we go. Uh, Recently, I was having a really bad day. I was having a big struggle. I was feeling very down on myself. I was feeling very defeated and I was feeling... um, Kind of like, God, where are you? And I'm not going to tell you the details because it's not important, but there was a big struggle going on. And um, that does happen. And so I had to go to New Jersey to do an errand. And I thought, okay, what am I going to do? You know, what am I going to do? I'm I'm just really having that feeling like maybe I'm just kind of barely holding on right now. And um, so I noticed on the map that there was a monastery close to where I had to go. So I said, let me stop in at this monastery. I've never been there before. Say some prayers. That's always, right? That's always a good idea. I'm going to really beg the Lord for his mercy. And um, so I get to this little monastery. It's called the Monastery of the Holy Face. It's in Clifton, New Jersey. And it's kind of a strange place. It's up on a hill right by the highway. Have any of you ever been there? A couple. Yeah, it's a Benedictine monastery. But it's called the Monastery of the Holy Face, which is the you know, from the Shroud of Turin, the face of Jesus. And um, so I did the Stations of the Cross and I was just kind of praying. And then I noticed they had a shrine to St. Therese, the little flower, St. Therese of Lisieux, who's like one of my all-time favorites. She's one of my best friends. She always helps me out. Any other St. Therese people here? Okay, yeah, right? It's, it's a thing, it's a thing. She's a wonderful saint. So at her shrine, I said a prayer to her and they had the prayer on a plaque and if you're familiar with her, a lot of people pray to her for different things. And then in the, the end of the prayer, they say to her, send me a rose as a sign. Now, when she was dying at 24 years old, she told her, her she was a nun. She told the sisters, when I die, I will spend my heaven doing good on earth. I will let a shower of roses fall. So that was a thing with her. And when the Pope canonized her at the, the canonization mass in, at the Vatican, some roses fell off of a bouquet of flowers and fell at the feet of the Pope. So this is St. Therese, okay. 
I said this prayer for these things that had me feeling so down. And then um, I go about and I'm praying. And then I saw on the bulletin board, they were going to have confessions. And I thought, this is another great, let me go to confession. You know, I feel like I have, so, like, I don't trust God at all. This is so embarrassing as a priest, you know. So I couldn't find the priest. Well, lo and behold, there's this old monk, and he's sitting outside the shrine of St. Therese. So I guess because of the virus, they were hearing confessions outside. Well, I, I go to confession to him, and he started, I've never met him before. He started telling me everything about my past. You've heard of this before? Like, it's like Padre Pio, like he had the gift. And he started saying all these things of my journey and things that um, he had no way of knowing. It was really awesome, really powerful experience. And, you know, I'd always heard about that and I always wondered what would that be like. And, you know, I just started laughing. I don't know if that's the right emotion, but it was just such a joyful experience to know that love that was coming from God the Father, but it was coming through this priest, this spiritual father. And when I left that monastery, I was feeling better. Okay, here, here's where it gets even, okay. Um, so I'm driving home, and on my way into New York, I took a wrong turn. <laughs> There's a metaphor, right? And so I'm going the wrong way, and I thought, you know, I have some friends that live near here. Let me stop in and visit them, some really dear friends. I baptized their kids. So I go to visit this little family. They're in the front yard, and their children who were all little, they're all in the front yard, just having a great time, playing and just carefree. And their youngest is, I guess he's about a year old, beautiful little boy. He was just so joyful. He was running around the yard. I don't, you know, you can tell he's not so good at his walking. And he was so joyful and so carefree. And it was just such a, um, it was so consoling to see this, right? You know, when Jesus says, unless you become like a little child, you, you will not enter heaven. So I think this is what he's talking about. This little kid was so carefree. Even at one point, he took his diaper off. He was naked as a jaybird. And he was just so joyful and carefree. And then he grabs these little flowers in the, in the lawn and starts giving them to me. And then they have these beautiful rose bushes at their house. And he wasn't strong enough to pull the whole rose, but he was pulling the petals off one at a time and coming over and laughing and handing them to me. And then he'd run back over and get a rose petal and, and come and hand it to me. And the whole thing was just very heartwarming. And I had a nice little visit and I went home, didn't really think much about it till the next morning I had my prayer time. And during my prayer time, I was remembering this experience of this little kid. And I remembered St. Therese is known as Therese of the Holy Face and of the child Jesus. And then I, I felt that she was speaking to me in my heart. Not that I'm hearing voices, but there was, there was a message where she was saying that Jesus will give you the grace that you need one petal at a time. One petal at a time. So not only did she send me the rose, right? I prayed for a sign, send me a rose. But she sent me the rose to a little child. <laughs> and then one petal at a time. And, and when I now have this image of Jesus being a little child, giving us graces joyfully. Jesus is so joyful to give us the graces. And not, um, not a big bouquet of roses, but he gives us the grace that we need as we need it, one petal at a time. 
And I do believe this is what Jesus was getting at with these disciples. Do you not have faith? So brothers and sisters, whatever the storms might be, whatever we might be feeling at a certain time, let's trust in the Lord. He is good. He is trustworthy. And he will help us. He, he is happy to help us. He is joyful in giving us his graces. And for that, we give thanks to God our Father. Amen. been listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans Thank you.